0: Welcome to Behind the Lectern. Since 2006, your host, Jeff Klein, has been working with speakers at all levels from beginners to Toastmasters International Award winners, from experts to National Speaker Association Hall of Famers. In each episode, Jeff introduces you to some of these speakers as you learn about their speaker journey, how they got started, where they came from, where they're going, and more. Take the lessons they have learned on their way to help you with your own path to make speaking work for you.
1: Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Jeff Klein here, back again with another episode of Behind the Lectern. I'm excited to welcome Rich Cavanaugh. as our our guest today, how are you doing, Rich?
0: I'm doing great, Jeff. Thank you for allowing me to be on the podcast with you. I'm honored to be here.
1: We're glad to have you. You Richard has a uh, unique speak. Of course, everybody's journey is unique, but he's got some good uh, stories to tell and some things that drove him to speaking, and that's what we're here for. We want to hear all about that? So, just as a like a starter question, what got you started as a speaker?
0: Yeah, it wasn't certainly something I sought out. I can tell you that. I you know I would say that I'm much more of an introvert, Jeff, and. Being a little bit more extroverted and outgoing is something I have to kind of force myself to do. But it really started in the late 90s when I started doing, I'm a Christian, and I started doing church meetings, and I was doing revivals and different things like that, and I was getting coaching. And what I would do is I would actually write out each of my sermons or speeches word for word and then I would stand behind the lectern and actually read it word for word. Now, what that did, though, was uh, I did that enough that after a while, I could start kind of varying off, and I would be able to have more contact with the audience as I became more familiar with my message. And so, you know, I started to feel more comfortable. I overcame kind of the fear of public speaking by just doing it more and more and more. And so, Over a period of about, I would say, three years, I was speaking six days a week, and I was probably speaking for two, three hours a night, and so it just became a little bit more natural for me. I would say even today, I enjoy it. I love speaking, actually, but it's just one of those things where I always like to be very prepared, (laughs) and I like to know my material. I'm not a very good shoot-from-the-hip type of a guy. Yeah. Uh, You know, I like to really know about what I'm going to speak on and kind of the flow of it and that type of thing. So, but it all began kind of in the late 90s doing evangelism and revival meetings. But that's what really started it for me.
1: Wow. Six days a week. That's. uh...
0: Yes, I was actually a full time evangelist at one time. And so my family and I traveled all over the country and I was literally speaking. I would go into a church and I would stay there for several weeks, and we would do go out into the community and everything. But I was speaking six days a week, so it was it was a lot. But like I said, it got me to be very much more comfortable with just being out in front and being able to, you sure. know, at least, at least not uh, be paralyzed. Let's put it that way. But yeah. Maybe.
1: So were there some life experiences that got you started doing that?
0: Well. I think I started out by just being a teacher at our local church, and then I would kind of be in front of the group when I would teach, and it was like a group of about 10 or 12 people, so I would say it kind of started there, and then it just seemed like it kind of progressed a little bit more to bigger groups. At one time, I did speak to a group of, I think it was five to 700 people. Mm. That was kind of my largest group, and it was not, not uncommon for me to speak to several hundred people during a week. So I got more comfortable speaking to a large group. Got it. So,
1: and then what brought that to an end?
0: Well, so basically I ended up taking a pastoral role and then I, of course, obviously speaking every week. That was... Sure,
1: sure. A different speech every week. A different
0: one. Yeah. That was also kind of interesting. And then uh, eventually I just kind of got the bug again to kind of the entrepreneurial bug to get back into business again and those type of things. So it was a really great experience and certainly got me to a place where I would have never expected. If you knew me in high school, Jeff, you would be. If they said, hey, do you see Rich Cavanaugh being a public speaker or anything like that? I guarantee everybody would have gone, are you serious, that guy?
1: No. That's funny. (laughs) So what, were you in any clubs in high school? No, well, I was in DECA,
0: you know, okay, so I a business group, distributive and, ed, uh,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, but other than that, I didn't do any, any so, speech so, grading,
1: so where did you work? You so DECA, you get out of school early to go work, yeah. right?
0: So, yep, yeah, I had a, a cleaning business that I actually would go and clean, and I did that probably two, three nights a week, and so
1: yeah, offices it, or not homes, right? In the evening,
0: no, it was off actually commercial buildings. Got it. So you, and yeah. you started your own business. Yep. Started my own. And yeah, and it kind of just took off from there.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I had a DECA student as an employee when I worked retail. And that was interesting in and of itself, having a, a high schooler in, in a radio shack back in the 90s. You know, so. Jeff,
0: I can see you in a radio
1: shack. Yes. I'm, 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 a, I managed I, the store. I managed the store for almost a year.
0: <laughs> I can definitely see you in a Radio Shack. Yeah, I can definitely see why you have drawn to that. Nice, I like
1: it. I was good at it. I, I, you sure know, you I yeah, I was uh, manager of the month for December and January. The two, you know, the toughest two months of the year. Yeah, I'm not so, surprised. So that was fun, and it was. I think I had the most fun because I knew I wasn't planning to be there for my whole life.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's
1: a good thing, too, because the company's gone now. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> But, yeah, that was uh, – did you do any time in retail? You know what? Actually,
0: I did no time in retail. I did not actually do any time in retail. I really like jobs that were a little bit more physical and kept me moving and that kind of thing, kind of fit, fit my personality a little bit better.
1: Well, it's funny because now we're talking about a job where you didn't actually interact with anybody. Yeah. There you go. That's (laughs) why I was completely happy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It goes along with the whole introvert thing, right? Now, as a kid, you didn't grow up as a kid thinking you were going to clean offices. You didn't grow up as a kid thinking you were going to sell insurance, which is what you do now. You didn't think you were going to be a pastor when you were a kid. What was it when you were a kid? What did you what do you remember wanting to be as a kid? So as a kid growing
0: up, and I was really into baseball, I played baseball through my high school years. And so as a kid, I would have loved to have played, you know, some kind of a professional baseball or whatever. Okay. I realized real quick once I got into high school that probably is not going to be the path that will be for me. But uh, the one thing that was interesting that a lot of your listeners will find interesting about me is that I'm actually one of the few people you'll ever meet that actually has a college degree in ski instruction coaching so what ended up happening is that after i got out kind of got away from baseball i really turned my passion to skiing and i became a professional skier and so i actually became a ski school director i managed a ski area in washington a ski school and did racing race coaching and so i just went all in and loved it and even to this day I just got back last couple weeks ago from a ski vacation. So, I mean, I'm nice. I love skiing. How did you wind up in uh, Dallas? Uh, good. Well, you know, Jeff, that is a long story, but the appreciated <laughs> one was that I lived in Vegas. And well, how did you wind up in Vegas for a okay, ski, ski? So, I ended up in Vegas right after <laughs> I got out of ministry. I had actually gone to work for a company called Ascend, which was an offshoot of Franklin Covey. They were getting into car dealerships. And what they wanted to do was teach them somewhat of the seven habits, but do it in a car dealership. And then also, I ran all their hiring for them as well. So I would do these, I would contract out with local dealerships, help them with their hiring. Then I would train the new hires in kind of a new curriculum on how to sell cars and that kind of thing. So that's what I did in Vegas. And it unfortunately, it was at the same time that. Everything fell off the cliff in Las Vegas, 2008. It was a bad time to be there, let me tell you. A lot of people had you know homes foreclosed on and just a lot of people lost their jobs. It was really a rough time. But I was there for about three years and then ended up coming to Dallas for several reasons. But obviously the the, the employment situation was much better here. And then I ended up meeting my future wife, and she lived here. And so I decided to move here and see how it all, see how it' all work out. So took a big risk, moved here, and it paid off. So yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for that.
1: Now, you've written multiple books. Yeah. The first couple of books were from through the ministry, right? Yeah, the first one was a, kind of a
0: response to 9-11. And then I wrote another one that was in response to, Jeff, do you remember the book, Uh, And the movie called The Secret?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. So a lot of people in the Christian community were really freaked out about the whole thing, you know, a New Age. Which is kind of too bad because it really,
1: none of it's, it doesn't, it's not opposite ideas, but.
0: Exactly. So what I did, Jeff, is I was one of the first Christian authors to actually respond to The Secret. And I wrote a book called Decoding the Secret, The Law of Attraction (laughs) from a Biblical Perspective. And very good. Very yeah, cool. Basically, my premise was 90% of the secret is true, and it's applicable, and it's biblical. There's about 10% of it that it's not. Let me clarify what's not. And so that's okay.
1: kind of how I did it. And it actually went very well. A lot of people have read that's, the book. There. That's great. Well, I mean, law of attraction is just a lot of it's it's you ask for what you want, and you might get it.
0: Yeah. Right? But that's a lot I, of it. Even the deeper meaning is is that you tend to draw to you the thoughts that you think. And so if you're thinking negative thoughts, take a look at your life and maybe look around. And if you're not thinking positive very often, maybe that's why things aren't going so well. You're kind of like a living magnet. You kind of draw to yourself the way that your thinking goes. And that's actually a very biblical concept. Sure.
1: God does say trust in me, right? (laughs) And regardless of which of the the monotheistic faiths were all based on trusting in that guy, that one um, spiritual thing. And a lot of that, again, that if you choose something to trust in, then your outlook on the rest of your life changes. Yes, absolutely. Depending what it is that you're trusting in. Yeah. Well, you can go the other way too. Right. Exactly.
0: Absolutely. And then I wrote a book. I kind of had a break and things but then I wrote a book called The Road and it was basically a promo book for a nonprofit organization here locally called The Road. Called The Road yeah I remember. Yeah and so uh, I wrote a book as a matter of fact I think it's still on Amazon today. Then I had an accident and um, I fell off I had a near-death experience about fell off a two-story roof and got really messed up and during that whole process I really started to understand what the concept of gratitude was I realized that I had been given a second chance in my life and I felt beyond grateful for it and so anyway I did a lot of research on gratitude and so I wrote a book called the gratitude
1: effect and yeah that's a heck of a book that really I'm, is I, I, and that's when we met was when you were promoting that book as a speaker and um, yeah. and that kind of that goes back to what I was just saying when you change you know when you think about something a different way then your whole world, your view of the whole world changes.
0: Especially if you you come from a a gratitude perspective to start with, and you just start your day, maybe even end the day with gratitude. It just completely changes your perspective. You see things in life that you don't normally, you wouldn't normally see if you didn't have that attitude. So, and then during COVID I ended up writing two books. So, uh, power to thrive and, uh, Next Level Living, which is a book about how every Christian, I believe, needs a coach in life. So, And I go through there and explain biblically the concept of coaching in the Bible. So it was pretty fun to do that. But I love writing. I love researching. And uh, I like being able to help people to improve their life. That's probably my basic message always is I want to help people to be
1: the best that God created them to be. Now, so let me ask you, the new book. I picked it up for yep, uh, a mutual friend, yeah. and uh, was was starting to read it. What is the, as a, a non Christian, as a Jewish guy, yeah. Yeah. is that book gonna? Am I gonna be running up into a bunch of Christian themes, or is it more biblical and and spiritual themes? Well, I, I would say
0: yes. So there's a definitely because there's a problems.
1: difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's definitely a couple chapters in there, Jeff, where I talk specifically about Jesus Christ and accepting Jesus Christ as your savior and and those type of things. So that part of it probably wouldn't isn't going to appeal to you. But, you know, the way I always tell people to improve their lives is chew on the meat, spit out the bones. Not everything that you read is going to be for you and you may not even agree with it, but there could be something in there that could really be a blessing for you. Yeah, I would say that most of the chapters are more general, God speak. It's based on the Bible, science, psychology, and personal development. So it's got a mixture of a lot of different things. But there are several chapters, Jeff, that deals that that specifically talk about Jesus Christ. So like I said, those chapters may not be appealing to you,
1: but Yeah, uh, well and just talking about or reading about Jesus isn't You know, that's not a deal breaker in any way, shape or form. Right. And I've read quite a few books by people who talked about their relationship with Jesus, which is a little bit different than their relationship with God. You know, there's that there's a little a little fuzziness there that that I don't always fully comprehend (laughs) that where some say it's the same thing and some say it's not the same thing. And I definitely understand the concepts by the book, as it were the different denominations teach on that front but uh but i wanted to ask you that question
0: no I because
1: and well and you know our relationship has always been wide open on that topic we don't neither one of us offends the other by talking about our beliefs and sharing uh, and even asking each other questions you know about no. our specific beliefs
0: and uh, even and though i have I'm, I'm coming from a christian perspective what's interesting about our relationship is that I'm a Sabbath keeper, so we have we share that in common, and so I love that part, and I think we have a lot more in common than we have difference, and absolutely, uh, I've always absolutely. enjoyed uh, our conversations together, but the whole idea behind the book was really to help people, especially, you know, what we've gone through these last couple of years, to, yeah. to really help people, you know, a lot of people are stuck, a lot of people find that there's something missing in their life, and a lot of people are paralyzed by fear. And I really feel like what Power to Thrive does is it gives them a pathway. It gives them kind of a unique coaching system where they can walk through and
1: really help themselves be better.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's that's what it's about.
1: All right, good. Well, and like you know, that's one of the things about the podcast is I get to choose which direction we go in the conversation. Yeah, there you go. But, but our, you know, again, our focus is on what what you're and writing and speaking go hand in hand, you know, you've spoken about the book and with the book and things like that. And you've relatively recently started a new entrepreneurial venture into back into the insurance game, right? So I
0: was, uh, I, I have about 14 years of experience in the insurance industry. And in the 1990s, before I got involved in ministry, I actually started uh, an insurance agency in uh, a little rural community up in Washington State called Wenatchee, Washington, and uh, had an agency there for 10 years, and then obviously did ministry for a period of time and kind of got out of insurance. I was a life insurance agent for probably a couple years. Um, I wouldn't say full-time, but kind of part-time when I was in Vegas. Well, in ministries, a little, you know, there's some insurance there. There you go. Absolutely. (laughs) There you go. Except it's not with an I. And it's more like A-S, you know, assurance.
1: Assurance. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. But then,
0: um, you know, my wife and I just got talking and, you know, we've got some really specific financial goals that we're wanting to accomplish together. And, you know, we just decided, hey, what, what can we do to really amp up our game and really move things forward? and so. Uh, I was like, you know what? I did really well in insurance. It's a great industry. So instead of starting one from scratch, I actually acquired one, which was a really great move on my part. And so I've been doing that now for over two years and having, it's here in Addison, Texas, and uh, we're, we're doing really, really, really well. And I'm enjoying it. It's been a real challenge and I've learned a lot and
1: it's it's been great. It's good. And how often are you speaking these days?
0: You know what? I'm not speaking often. I am speaking, but I'm not speaking, I wouldn't say often. I know Go when ahead. I was uh, when you and I were working closely together, I was doing at least a couple times a, a month, yeah. which, which was nice. But I would say, you know, maybe once every couple months. It just really depends. I've spoken at a, a couple conferences, you know, not too, within the recent past and the, uh, then yesterday, for example, I did a, an actual agent training for about 40 different agents down in Temple, Texas. So, okay. And every now and then I'll speak at a church, and I really like that. So not as often
1: as probably I would like. Let's prefer- I was going to say, are you speaking enough to not miss it, but it sounds like not quite. Yeah, not quite. Got it. All right. Well,
0: what's what are your plans on that front? You know, good question. So... You know with power to thrive just coming out and by the way, thankfully to a lot of people that really supported the project uh it became an amazon bestseller in the u s and in the u k um, nice during that launch week so that was really cool but you know my kind of i would say you know my target is you know I really want um to speak at churches and uh local church groups men's groups you know even women's groups if they have me that uh just anybody that has an opportunity for somebody to come in and, and speak, I'm I'm open to that. Yeah. Have you done much virtual speaking? That's a very good question. I would say I've done some, but not a lot. Yeah. So that's not not something I've done a whole lot of. But in my business, you know, I've done a lot of a lot of stuff with my clients virtually. Sure,
1: sure. But I've been on a lot
0: of group coaching calls. So I've seen how other people have done it, but I actually haven't done it too much. Uh, I've done a couple webinars, those type of things, but,
1: you know, not a whole lot. It's a different animal with a lot of similarities and a few things that are very different. Yeah. So when you speak to sell the book, is there anything else you're offering or?
0: Good question. So what I did, what I'm doing now is I'm just kind of, Asking people to go because what I'm doing is I'm actually I wanted to try to get the book. What's more important to me now than anything is the message itself and to really help people. So what I'm doing is I'm sending them to power to thrivenet And then I've got some some videos there and then they can actually order the book there uh, for free. The book itself is free if they just pay the shipping and handling and we get the book off to them. So. It's a different approach than I did with the gratitude effect where I just kind of had everything off of Amazon. And uh, this way, I've kind of been a little bit more proactive in, hey, I, I really want to get the message out. The best way to do it is let's just give the book away for free, have people just pay the shipping and handling, and then that way we get the book out. So that's what we've been doing, and we've gotten some good traction. With that, and the reviews have been phenomenal. I mean, really, they have.
1: Yeah. Now, is the object to get people to buy other programs, or is it more yes. about the message? Okay. Yes.
0: So, when they go to that website, what will end up happening is that they'll they'll have different options that will come up. I've got a four week coaching program that they can go through that deals with the scripture of Second Timothy one seven.
1: Is that uh, pre recorded, or
0: yeah, do you do this? Like okay. And then they've got another uh hour long training I do on the 13 the Thrivers Manifesto that's actually in the book. Talk I do training on that. And then I actually have an entire weekend where I did a Power to Thrive workshop and I professionally recorded it, Jeff. And then that's also available for people to purchase. And that's like 23 sessions. It's really a lot. It's excellent. And where people can actually purchase that as
1: well. So yeah. That's wonderful. You know, so many of our listeners, our viewers, our speakers learning, who want to learn more about how to monetize and how to take what they're doing and turn it into multiple different streams of income. And you've created that, uh, some people call it mailbox money. I call it money while you sleep, where you've got a little engine there that's working with that. I mean, obviously, it takes real work to create it. But once it, it's created, you can sort of put it on autopilot, and, uh, and then every time you speak, you point people in that direction. And are you doing uh, much in the way of podcasting? But I mean, obviously, you're no, on I, this podcast. But
0: I'm being invited to speak on people's podcasts, but I do not have my
1: own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I, I was. I didn't mean your yeah. own, but you are. Are, yeah. are you are out there uh, guesting yeah. intentionally?
0: Yeah, I would say I'm on more podcasts than I'm actually doing speaking, Mm -hmm. you know, in front of groups. So, yeah.
1: And it's, well, it's it's low impact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do it right there from your office. Yep. Although we have a couple of friends in town that have podcast studios where you can actually go and be in their podcast studio, but which I'm not sure, Rich, if that defeats the purpose of (laughs) the convenience of doing it from your own office or. <laughs> so it, I guess it really depends on your market mm-hmm. and who
0: the people are that are interested in your podcast. But if you watch Joe Rogan, for example, he's just sitting at a table. He's got a microphone in front of his face. The guest is usually there. They're just having a conversation. And, yeah. and there's a lot of frills to it. It's pretty basic. They've got their cigars and he's got his alcohol and he's got all the his stuff that he always has. He's got everything right there. And, you know, they drink, they smoke, they do everything. It's just like, literally, like they're just having a conversation.
1: It's actually really cool. Well, um, and, and he learned that from the king of all media, of course, Howard Stern. who yeah, was the, the first guy who started videoing a radio show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was the first, but if not the, then one of the. Right in those early, just before satellite radio started, they were filming. You know, you could watch the show on the internet later. You could, you know, watch people talk.
0: Yeah. a lot of people wow. are listening to podcasts these days you, yep. know, you go to the gym everybody's got their earbuds in and you ask them what they're listening to and it's some podcast or yeah something. so you know obviously podcasting is very popular people like it absolutely and the background doesn't make as much a difference
1: yeah and and a lot of them will do a recording like we're doing and, and only release the audio yes we're doing both we release the both the audio and the video. The, you know, the audio is on all the podcast services, and you know, the videos on YouTube or on our Beyond the Lectern website. So, but so we want people to be able to consume in different ways.
0: Yes, uh,
1: and of course, our differentiator, I think, is the the whole live multi cloud. We're on Clubhouse and Zoom live, and we you know we give people the uh, opportunity to be in our studio audience the recording and then once it's recorded it goes up on the podcast services at, at some point because I'm recording about two episodes a week but we're only releasing them one a week yes. because uh, I want to be able to uh, take time off down the road <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, so that's working out really well and I mean not everybody needs to get needs to become a podcaster as you've learned to take advantage of the technology and of the platform.
0: Yeah, kind of like the question, um, you know what's better than owning a boat? Having a friend who owns a boat. You got it. You know what's better than owning your own podcast? Having friends who have podcasts. It's not necessarily true. I'm just kind of being poking fun at I it. I
1: get it. No, no, it's but it, yeah. but there's something something to be said for that. And, of course, for those speakers that are listening, it's important to be on podcasts that the audience is people you want to reach. And of course, thank you for joining us because we're focused on the speaker journey. And of course, we always talk about all the other stuff as well. We want to make sure that we let people know all the different ways to come into speaking. And, uh, you know, as you're a testament to, you don't have to want to be a speaker as you're at to, you don't need to, speaker doesn't need to be your job title for you to be somebody who speaks and gets your message out there or sells your book or. You know, I was going to say
0: one thing that you really helped me with when you were coaching me that really has made a difference, even today, is being able to take a message. Take one message with a couple key points and then be able to do that in a 20 minute, a 15 minute or like a 30 minute. So what I was able to do is create a message that, you know, a shorter one. And then maybe like a middle one and then a a little, you know, 30 minute one. And what's amazing is that you'd be surprised at people think, well, I'd never be able to speak for 30 minutes. Man, I'm telling you, when you put your story, a little story at the beginning, mix your little story in the middle, have a couple key points, talk about those and then wind everything up. Have a call to action. Next thing you know, your 30 minutes are done. I mean, it goes pretty (laughs) pretty fast. 20 minutes is really fast and 15 minutes is like. Wow, you know you really gotta gotta really think about what's my what's the meat what's the value, so I really appreciated that about what you did for me because that really was something that I think really has made a difference, and even sermons now when I speak and that kind of thing, I try to almost think about TED talk format in the sense of let's see what I can do in twenty minutes nice, you know because what I think a lot of pastors do that's a big mistake is they speak for forty five minutes sixty minutes. And I'm telling you, by 30 minutes, people are yeah, exactly. You, people are gone. They really are. You watch. Yeah. I've been. I actually watch other speakers, and I'll be at the back of the room, and I I watch people and everything. And usually at about the 20 to 25 minute mark, you can start seeing people checking their phones. You can start seeing people kind of moving around in their chairs. You know, you you start to see oh, yeah. things. And so I've just kind of learned that hey, 20 minutes. If somebody could give me 20 minutes, I'll give them a couple key things that I think can really help them in their life. And that's really all you need to do. You just want people to be able to think about it during the week. You don't want them to get lost in the weeds and things like that. So I owe that to you because you really did kind of give me a paradigm shift and really helped me to organize. And that was a really important thing. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're looking for a speaking coach, Jeff is definitely the guy. He really, I mean, I had been speaking publicly for years, but what he did is he really helped me to formalize what's my message, what's the couple key points that I can give people that'll give them value, and then have a call to action at the end, and then just be able to, to be succinct, not be able to have a lot of ums and things like that, but just know what your message is, give it, and you're done. So I really appreciate that. It
1: really has made a difference. Thank you for that. Thank you. And you're welcome. And yeah. <laughs> along with that, thank you for that testimonial, Rich. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, and that's really, you know, the whole that's where our niche has has fallen, whether or not certainly not by design, but there's a lot of people out there teaching speak to sell and get paid to speak and all these other things. And our niche has become 20 minutes to clients and leads yeah. Yeah. and because you can you know, speak all day at a seminar and close and that's one technique or one specialty. You can speak at a three hour event and close and that's one specialty and you can do 90 minute keynotes and that's another specialty. But 20 minutes to clients and leads takes a little bit of uh, planning and you need to change you're some of the focus to make 20 minutes turn into results and and thank you for telling people that it
0: works
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know because the websites for everybody who speaks because meeting planners use the website but our training is focused on that niche of uh, people who speak to get paid and uh, especially in down the street and around the corner Maybe I need yeah, to add yeah. that to my branding, you know, down the street and around the corner. Uh, it's, so, uh, especially with virtual. But uh, so, anything that uh, you know in, around speaking that from Rich Cavanus that we haven't talked about today. You know, I would just uh, say that
0: for anyone who's feels like you have a message, and uh, you'd like other people to hear your message a couple things i always believe that writing a book is a really great platform to use i don't really look at the sales of my book as much as i look at the book opens up doors and it's just like with jeff so i wrote the book the gratitude effect we got together and then i got to speak to a lot of groups here locally about the gratitude effect because people are actually really interested in that topic even today I have people reaching out to me, wanting me to speak about it. And it's an interesting topic. It's a topic that people are realizing is really important. And so the thing is, is that just like with anything else, I'm a firm believer in coaching, really big believer in coaching. I'm a coach myself. And I believe that if you really want to get good at speaking, having a coach can really help you. And Jeff has some good packages and some different options for you to help you with that. But the other thing is, too, is that, you know, if you really feel like you've got a message that you want to get out there, it's really important for you to get together with somebody to kind of really flesh the message out and really kind of get it down to where it's, okay. here it is in 20 minutes. This is how I could actually give my message. And I think that's really important because then if somebody was to ask you, hey, could you speak for an hour, 90 minutes? You can take 20 minutes. And you could easily wind it out. To me, that's the easy thing is speaking 90 minutes, to be honest with you. I, that's not sure. a problem. Yeah. That's easy. Getting a message to 20 minutes and giving people value out of that 20 minutes, to me, that takes some thought, and it takes some coaching to help you with that because that's, that's not easy to do. That's, that's why TED Talks are so popular. Because yeah, 12 to 15 messages. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what those people can get across in that short a period of time, and you can do the same
1: thing as, as a speaker. That's great. Thank you. So is the, where do people get the other books beside or, or is there a link at Power to Thrive to buy your other books?
0: Yeah. So they can, uh, so at Power to Thrive, you can actually get a free download of The Gratitude Effect. So, oh, wonderful. Okay. Yeah, so if you go to net, you can watch some of my videos the on the four P's, I talk about that and relate it to my uh near death experience. You can get the Power to Thrive book for just shipping and handling. And then you can download the gratitude effect as well. So that's awesome. Amazon has most of my books. So you could type in Richard J. Cavanus and pretty much everything will you know populate there. Populate,
1: yeah. And I suggest you do that and click the follow button. So when Rich's next book comes out, you'll hear about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you can go to richcabinist.com, which is kind of, we're kind of revamping it, but at least you can get an idea of my speaking, my coaching and those kind of things.
1: So to book Rich to Speak, go to richcabinist.com. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for this time, Rich. I really appreciate it. I miss hanging out with you. I'm glad we got yes. spend some quality time together today. And for those of you listening, Tune in again to hear another great story about an amazing speaker. And we'll see you on the next episode. If you're in the top 25% of the fastest times. Wow, what a great speaker. Where did
0: you find him?
1: You know, I used to have trouble finding speakers. Then someone told me about
0: speakercoop.com. Speakercoop.com? What's that? It's a website full of speakers who speak to groups like ours. How did you decide which speaker to choose? The website lets you search for speaker by topic. You can even type one search word in and find all the speakers who have that word in their topic. Then you can read the speaker's bio to see if they're a fit for your group. That sounds great. Yes, I'm using speakercoop.com to find all the speakers for our group this year. I've got to find the speaker for our luncheon next month. This will make it easy. I'm going to go to speakercoop.com.
1: And over and over again,
0: Thanks for joining us on Behind the Lectern. You can find an archive of our episodes at BehindTheLectern.com. You can also access useful speaking information at speakercoop.com forward slash education. Join us next time for another great speaker journey with an expert and our host, Jeff Klein. We'll catch you next time.